The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I had a program in my office. I make time in my office where I bring up unaffiliated families, Yiddish families that come up, a mother, a father, they bring their children. And, you know, my place, they could see where they make the jerseys. I take them upstairs and show them how we design Super Bowl T-shirts, whatever. And the kids are very enamored from this. And so I had a program like this in my office and maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. And this young boy kept on pestering me with questions. It was a, it was a father, a mother, a, a little girl, and, and a boy. And he says, so when you go to Super Bowl, you have kosher? I said, yes. When you go to the World Series, I said, yes, especially in Chicago, you know, when you could get kosher hot dogs at the stadium. And I, he asked me all these questions. And the fine. Two weeks later, my secretary tells me, Saul, there's somebody on the phone who sounds very, very upset. Very upset. I pick up, I said, ask him who he is. He says, he's the father of that little boy that was pestering you with questions in your office. So I pick up the phone, and in a very upset voice, he says, Saul, you owe me $50,000. I said, what, what did I do? What are you? He says, my kid, ever since he was in your office, is driving us crazy. He says, Saul goes to... Super Bowl, yes, kosher. He goes to the World Series, yes, kosher. I'm being bar mitzvah in New York City, and my bar mitzvah is not kosher. I said, wow, that's unbelievable. That's great. He says, yeah, but the kosher caterer wants $50,000 more than the regular caterer. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know, I didn't know if you were serious. I, 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 heard, I understood that he's an affluent guy. And I, I said, his name was Jason. I said, Jason, what an honor. What an honor for my family that we're going to make a kosher bar mitzvah for your son. I'm giving it to my secretary. Give her the wire instructions. Invite me to the bar mitzvah. What an honor for my family. The man broke down crying. Broke down crying. He says, Saul, I'm a very wealthy man. The bar mitzvah is in the Pierre Hotel in Manhattan, costing me a million dollars. He says to me, I don't need your money. I'm calling to tell you that this is going to be the first kosher affair in our family in generations, he says to me. And I stay in touch with the family. I stay in touch with the kid. You don't know what you could accomplish. You're, you're accomplishing what you could accomplish is unbelievable. If you just put your mind to it and understand one of the tough kids in life is wherever you go, wherever you have an interaction, to be makadeh shem shemayim, to fill that void where there's no visible presence of the Rabboni Shalom. It, it's, it's, the rest of the stuff is, is, I'm not saying it's easy. I had, I'll tell you one more story, and then I'll give another message. My wife and I sometimes, we, wanna, we, have, we need a little manuches anefesh. I lead a pretty hectic life. And sometimes we check into a hotel in the city for Shabbos. So we'll check in the hotel for city for Shabbos, we'll arrange for some food, we have a chance to talk, we can walk, I go to a shul, I try to find a shul wherever I am, that, 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 that I don't know too many people, I'm not going to be bothered, I could dive it like a match, and I could come back, and so I, I did this not long ago, I'm in the upper west side of Manhattan, not, not in the Bialish Stiebel, not in those places, but I went to a very modern orthodox uh, uh, shul, I didn't know anybody there, and perfect, I sit myself down in the back, and out of the corner of my eye, I see the rov. The guy up front is looking at me. He's looking funny at me. So I, didn't, I don't say anything. And, and I sit in Davin, and the rov gets up to say his drasha. 
and he goes to the shul, please, congregants, everybody, give a round of applause for this guy sitting in the back saw where to go. I said, oh boy, <laughs> you're really in trouble. I said, I never met him. I don't know who he is. And why am I getting a round of applause? And he says, he must be wondering why, and I'm going to tell you why. He says, if you walk, he says, about three or four years ago, Saul and his family were at Super Bowl. And we were sitting at the, in the suite with the commissioner. I, I, I barely remember the story. It says, the commissioner brought over a man, a guy, one of the biggest guys in the private equity world. And he brought him over to introduce him to Saul. The guy sees me with my yarmulke. And the guy says to me, you have any idea where I get some coke? And he introduces me to his wife. He just had recently got married. He says, do you have any idea where I could get kosher food here? I said, sure, follow me. <laughs> One thing we have is plenty of kosher food. And I took him in and we talked. I was Makarvam. And he said to me, he recently got married and some rough on the Upper West Side was on the path of making a mishnikal from. And told him to start by eating kosher. She says, here I come. I'm two or three weeks into this kosher phase in my life. And I come and I'm sitting in the suite with the commissioner and there's shrimp and there's all kinds of macholim. And he says, there's nothing I could eat. I was sure I'm going to fall off the wagon, he says. He came in, my kids were there. I gave him to eat. I stayed in touch. He invited me. He had a kid, the bris of his son. He says, that gentleman, go outside. Everybody in the shul knows who gave $10 million to build the shul. Everybody in the shul knows. I'm not going to say any names. The plaque is outside. That guy keeps on telling me, had I not met Saul Werdiger at Super Bowl, and had I fallen off the wagon, this shul wouldn't be in existence today. So I, I, again, what do we do? We went to a place where consistent. There's no such thing. You can't, you have to have consistency in your life. Your life, your business life, your personal life, there's no difference. Wherever we go, I didn't do anything. I met the guy. I was very hospitable. You don't know the repercussions. You don't know what you could do by seeding something in, by changing a mishpacha, by actions of doing and doing the right thing. And acting the way we're supposed to act. Acting as, as agents of the Rabbani Shalom, you have no idea. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.